Hi there. Welcome to the Press and Obsessed podcast. I'm G, your host, your girl, and the captain of this ship for the time being. In this podcast, I'm going to talk to you about current events that presses me, and maybe all y'all, and the media I'm currently obsessed about, and let you know whether you should try it or kick it to the curb. New episodes drop every Monday, and without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, my name is G, and I'm the host of the Pressed and Obsessed podcast. This is episode two of this new podcast, and it's been two full weeks of the year. So how are you doing so far? (laughs) You know what? First of all, I want to say, I don't know what it is, but I love the fact that uh, 2024 started on a Monday, I guess, because all of you planner community people out there. Um, that have a Monday start in their calendar know what I'm talking about. So I just want to mention that. I see you. I see you. So 2024 is just rolling off my tongue. I, I don't know how else to say it, but it's rolling off my fingers, actually, because I mean that I haven't accidentally written 2023, and I'm happy to write 2024. Um, I guess because all the numbers are even, I think I'm trying to like think of like why do I like this number so much? Uh, if you count it all up, uh, the numbers in the digits two plus zero plus two plus four, um, they um, equal eight, which is another even number, and it's a strong number uh, because when you put it on its side, it's the infinity symbol. This is how I'm picturing it in my head, and the infinity symbol in math. Uh, uh, it's like it goes on for, oh, it goes on to eternity, right? So I look at it as it's a symbol that amplifies or multiplies whatever you put in to it. Whatever energy you put in to it, that symbol, it amplifies and grows. So I'm looking at it as a positive thing. So 2024 it is, 2 plus 2 plus 4. Um, with that said, say, with that, oops, oh my gosh, there goes my microphone again. If you hear, uh, some background noise, it's probably my, my dog Rocco. He, um, requires a lot of attention, uh, and he thinks that this microphone is his toy because it's very furry on top. Anyway, uh, with that said, new year, same old me, which is exciting to me. I like beginnings and endings, cycles, if you will. Um, I uh, My job has beginnings and endings, so it feels like it doesn't go on and on and on. I feel like there's always a renewal, so it, it doesn't necessarily have to be at the beginning of the year, right? It can be whatever you, whatever you think is appropriate time for a beginning and an ending. Um, and I do know that Nothing magical happens at the stroke of midnight. It's just a mark. But you do not become a new person at 12.01. We all know this, right? Well, at least I I think of it this way. Like, what if the person that you are right now in this moment is who you're supposed to be at this moment? That you're on the path as the person you're supposed to be at this moment. That the person you are supposed to be is the person, uh, the vessel, 
so you can grow into who you will become or who you will be becoming in this chapter in your life. It's ongoing and dynamic. So it's kind of like that whole change is inevitable thing, but also that things never stay the same and um, that we're not static, you know, in this lifetime. Um, that change is happening whether you acknowledge it or not. I used to be pressed about being better, doing better. Anyone that knows me, I'm super hard on myself. Um, I notice what I'm lacking, what I want to be better at, what I need to work on, what I need to study. I need to achieve this and I need to achieve that. And my self-talk has always been, you could do better, girl. You could do better. There's more out there for you to, to, to achieve. And you're supposed to want to do better, right? And you're, you're supposed to want to be better. I guess that's what society tells us, right? So I think it's the placement of the overachieving, people-pleasing tendency, oldest daughter syndrome pattern that I have been uh, trying to sugar off for the last couple of years. So what if I told you that you are enough in this moment? Yes, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. <laughs> if you're listening to me right now, I'm talking to you. Hear me out. I'm not giving you some self-help babble, all right? This is practical shit. I'm speaking basic truth. What if I told you that different capacities of you are needed in different situations, different seasons, different challenges, different moments, and periods of rest? For example, 2023 really taught me the need for pure rest. I saw that um, as a common theme in my memory planner was that pure rest kept on coming up. Um, my weekends, my personal time is so precious to me. I'm a recovering perfectionist and I'm a recovering workaholic. I don't believe in those things anymore, nor do I want to be those things, but I'm still a work in progress. And because I don't want that feeling of I never was enough, even though I was doing a lot. I was doing a lot. Sometimes in some cases doing more than, than the normal average person. Um, I had a th that thinking that I had to be productive even for pleasure. Even those moments of rest, it had to be productive. I need to be finishing a, uh, uh, writing a novel, reading a novel, um, cleaning my house, all those things. Be and I felt because I was running out, always running out of time and I had to keep going because I had to fit it in. Right. And at times I was doing too much and didn't realize it. Instead of thinking I was enough, I always thought I wasn't enough. So I had to keep on doing much. All right. So now I see the benefits of peer rest, I'm not into this multitasking shit. I think a lot of us women are about multitasking. We're better at it, to be honest. But um, I think one task at a time, one thought, one idea at a time is probably more beneficial. I try not to put a lot of energy in making my house perfectly clean and in order because let's face it, it ain't, ain't nobody, not nobody going to be at my funeral talking about how clean and organized I was. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope I'm more than that. Uh, um, so what if the person you are now is... Uh, 
like the stem of leaves and flowers. Um, that the leaves and flowers are your thoughts, your ideas, the person, people that you're becoming. They're a bud, right? They're the bud hibernating, uh, becoming. Then you bloom and you become whatever it is. And then it, it, and then it falls off. It withers and it falls off so that it can go through the process of doing it all over again. It needed to fall off so that way another bud, another flower, another leaf could be in its place. Um, like we had to have to get out of our way to, 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 get, to get more if we, if we look at it that way. So I thought about this more and I was like, I don't get mad at flowers because they die. I don't get mad at the leaves because they fall off the branches. I don't accuse them of failing in life. I think, hmm, that's interesting, right? Like, instead of judging it like it's bad or good, it's just interesting that that relationship ended, that you didn't get to finish that project. Maybe it's something that I need to think about more. and Maybe I'm going to grow into something else. Maybe I need to get out of my way. Um, it's like Elton John saying, it's the circle of life. All right. All right. So today I'm going to talk about what I'm obsessed with. And I'm obsessed with musical musicals, but mainly movie musicals. Okay. I, I've seen stage musicals, but I do particularly favor movie musicals. I grew up with watching musicals on TV, and usually my favorite ones I just play over and over and over again. Like, we, as a family, we would sit and we'd watch it. Um, you know, we'd know the lyrics of it. I have family members that watch the same shows, and uh, it's just something you, like, for example, Sound of Music. Whenever it was on TV, we played it. Uh, we knew all the songs. Everybody in my family, especially my mom's side of the family, they would break out in song and it would be, we could sing the sound of music together. Um, uh, it's actually, it's actually the movie my, my partner hates <laughs> the sound of music, but I love it so much. Um, Grease, of course. Uh, and then, and then, and then, actually, even equally, if not more, Grease 2. Now, Grease 2, there was a summer where they kept on playing Grease 2 every single day. And it would be a time where, like, I guess me and my cousins, and this was in Hawaii, like, we just sit in the, maybe we just had lunch and we were just getting out from the heat or, and just kind of like, you know, when you had take nap time, right? And you're in your your grandmother's living room and you're watching on the TV. But you watched it so much, you knew the lines and you knew the, the lyrics. That's what Grease 2 is for me. So um, that's, that's, that's my history of being obsessed with movie mu musicals. Um, so I'm going to talk about two movies. The Book of Clarence and Mean Girls which happen to be movie musicals. So um, let's start with Book of Clarence. So what I'm going to do when I do these movie reviews is I'm going to talk about what's it about. Um, not going to go into any spoilers. I'm just going to say maybe who would want to watch this movie. So 
Um, Book of Clarence. Let's talk about the Book of Clarence. So I will read this one-page plot, um, one-page, one-line plot. Struggling to find a better life, Clarence is captivated by the power of the rising Messiah and soon risks everything to carve a path to a divine existence. The director is James Samuel. He also wrote it as well. I don't know if it's a he or she. I did not. Let me see. Should I click on this? Hold on one second. It is, okay, it's a he. I was I was instinctively right, but I wanted to double check. So he's the director and the writer. Um, let's see. He's he's known for the harder they fall, they die by dawn, and the book and the book of Clarence, which is playing right now. The stars of the show is Lakeith Stanfield. Um, he was in Atlanta. He's been on a lot of things now, but he was in the uh, Atlanta series. Uh, Sorry to Bother You, Knives Out, and he's the main character. Um, there's Omar Sy and Anne Diop, Anna Diop. Um, okay, those are his co-stars. And the type of movie this is, it's an adventure comedy drama, but I also add that it's, it's a musical. Because if you didn't know, it's going to be very shocking to you if you don't know if it's a musical. Uh, it's an, on IMDb, it says history, which I find it interesting, but I guess you could put it under history because the setting is it's doing, it's during Jesus Christ time. So at the time it's, it's kind of like, uh, during the passions of Christ, like that time where he's come up and had more visibility. And I think it starts with John Baptist. So, um, um, I'm not going to say any spoilers. There's a lot to this thing that I don't want to give away. Um, I think the theme of this story, in my opinion, was about surviving and life survival. Um, aside from the obvious themes, which is like biblical. Um, but I really believe that it's about humanity. Um, it makes some parallels to like our life now and just the structure and and hierarchy um, of what society is. Do I recommend this movie? I do. Uh, because it's a blend of all those. The, the adventure, the funny parts. Some of it was laugh out loud for me. There's very dramatic scenes that are very touching that also make you think. Um, it's a roller coaster of emotions. The music is temporary. Contemporary, sorry, temporary. It's contemporary. Uh, the acting, the acting is great. There's choreography in it too, as well. It's a, it's a total full-on musical. There are some talking parts. There are parts that they're not singing. I will say about that. Um, the acting is great. It's entertaining. It feels very cool. Um, the way it was uh, shot. Um, I grew up in the church, and have never seen any story told this way that was this cool or even relatable. Um, but although it's not like a church like story at all, but it's only because I, I can, I have a, I have context and a point of reference. That's what it reminded me of. Like, I wish they would show this kind of stuff. Like when I was growing up, um, 
Who should watch it? I think it's, I think people that should watch it is people that can tolerate musicals. I realized later on in life that not everybody likes musicals. A lot of people don't like karaoke either and uh, didn't realize. I just thought everybody liked it, liked music. Um, so if you don't like musicals, you, you might not like it. But you know what? If you're open to it, you should watch it. If you can tolerate it, you can watch it. It's an interesting telling of biblical times um it's in just it's an interesting take and some background is um the gnostic gospels so i learned this in high school and there's this group of texts that they call the gnostics and they were found in egypt uh decades ago and they're texts that are rejected by the church and not acknowledged as part of the Bible. They don't they don't acknowledge it as being legit. Um, one of the criticisms, which is there's a lot of criticisms, criticisms and differences, but one of the criticisms is because the way God is depicted is more of an imperfect God, um, like a God with flaws that's more like human. And also, it emphasizes an individual relationship with God, as opposed to an authoritarian figure and the experience is collective. So it was like taking kind of like, I think of it as like taking God down from the mountain or from the heavens and making it, making them more like uh, individualized personal experience that have the same emotions and feelings as humans. Um, that's is very a simple explanation of it. It is what I understood it to be when I was learning it. So Google it. <laughs> Don't. I, I am not a religion teacher. Google it. Gnostic with a G. G-N-O-S-T-I-C-S. Gospels. Um. There's more depth to it if you want to, like, go down that rabbit hole. I, I always found it interesting growing up that there was these things that existed, like, how do, how, you know, how do, you know, how does, how, how do, what's the selection process, right? Like, to what is legit and what is, what is um, not verifiable, but, like, that could be included, that we could be included in the, the Bible. Um if you're okay, so if I recommend this to this this film to people that can keep an open mind, like if you like to go to movies, you can tolerate the the musical, and you're you have an open mind, I recommend you watch this. It's it's great fodder for like discussion or conversation. So go with somebody. If you're religious, to just watch it as, as it is and put aside your beliefs and knowledge of the Bible, I think it would be entertaining. Um, I give it a four out of five stars, meaning that I think it's a great film and I recommend it. All right. The next musical I want to talk about is Mean Girls. We just watched this a couple nights ago, um, me and my partner, Johnny, and um, this, is, this is what it's about. So Katie Heron, but Katie spelled like, C-A-D-Y. So the joke in the, the story is they keep on calling her Caddy. But anyway, Katie Heron is a hit with the plastics, an A-list girl click at her new school. But everything changes when she makes the mistake 
of Falling for Aaron Samuels, the ex-boyfriend of Alpha Plastic, Regina George. So the writer is Tina Fey. Yes, the writer-comedian from SNL. She's on, she did the, the original Mean Girls um, movie. Uh, she also stars in it as well. The directors are Samantha Jane and Arturo Perez Jr. So um, Samantha Jane is known. Oh God, I don't know. I don't. I've never heard from her, but it says known for Dan Miller Quarter Life Poetry, which is poems for the young, broke, and hangry. And Arturo Perez is known for the same thing, Quarter Life Poetry. And Dan Miller. So they've worked together before. Interesting. It was directed very well. I'll, I'll just say that. Um, let's see. The stars are Angry, um, Angry, Angry, Angry Rice. Uh, she plays, she plays Katie. And then Re- Renee Rapp and Ali'i Cravalo. It is a comedy musical. Uh, I say the theme of the story without, again, giving it away if you hadn't seen it. Um, it's about social dynamics, like coming-of-age life lessons, like things that you go through in high school and probably right now because, you know what, the workplace is just another microcosm of high school. Um, and it, But it, it blends in what like so, social media um, affects I recommend this movie to those that can tolerate musicals again. But I will say my husband is not, he doesn't like musicals. But I sometimes think that movie musicals are easier to understand than live on stage. Because you can hear, you can see them up close, you can understand what's going on when it's on the screen. So he enjoyed it. And he enjoyed it so much that he felt compelled to listen to Renee Rapp who is um, re- who plays Regina George, the main big baddie? Um, he looked up Renee Rapp's music on Spotify because it was so good. Um, the singing is excellent from all characters. The movie moves. I like how they directed it. The cinematography was was just appropriate for like the energy and the themes of um, and the tone of this movie. There's no laggy parts. There was not times where I'm like, oh, I'm looking at my watch. If you've seen the previous movie version of Mean Girls, it's the retelling and modernizing of the story. So it's the exact same story, but it's just set in today's context. Um, so I was actually surprised that I enjoyed it because I really don't care for remakes as much. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. It's like it's a toss-up. But I was pleasantly surprised that this, they did a great job with this. And shout out to my girl, Ali'i Cravalho. I love her voice. She's the voice of Moana, which is one of my favorite animated movies. Um, her characters, first of all, her voice is so powerful and strong, and I love that. And you wouldn't think from this little person that this big voice would come out um she she was funny so she had like the comedic um uh the comedic um timing and uh i really look forward to see her in more future projects um 
So if you're if you're a mean girl fan, watch it. If you're a musical geek, watch it. Um, you want to be entertained with either your clique, your bestie, or or maybe it's date night with your partner. Do it. I think it's and you like comedies. Like I think this is this is great. It's light and. It has a message, but it doesn't have a message that's like shoving down your throat. So four out of five stars on that one. So after we watched Mean Girls, I asked my partner, Johnny, and said, so now, do you think I'm a mean girl? Because he's been calling me a mean girl. He started calling me that last year for some reason. I don't know where that came came from. Um, even though he never saw the movie, he would just say, you're a mean girl. Another person that said I was a mean girl was my brother. And he, he swears that um, I was, because I was part of this clique in high school, which I don't really call it a clique. I just call it my friends in high school. But I guess you can call it a clique because we, we always did everything together. We had a, um, a, a name for our friend group. And... Yeah, thinking about it, it's like, it, it was, I guess it was exclusive, I guess. I mean, but, I mean, it doesn't matter, like, how small it is. Everybody's in a clique, I guess, unless you're by yourself. That's what I say. But um, part of me chuckles when they say that. And then part of me rejects that. Because in my mind, past and present person, I think I'm an uncool person. I'm very uncool. <laughs> I'm nerdy about certain things. I can see I'm obsessed and oppressed about interesting things. I'm clumsy, um, and I talk way too much. And I know this about myself. It's just something that I've had to learn to embrace, but also be aware of because it can seem to be, um, I don't know, there's some people that don't like that, but that's just me. Maybe because I'm loud. I'm a Leo, Aries, Aries, so I'm all fire signs. And, and, um, I present myself as someone with lots of confidence because I'm loud and I have a lot of energy. So I can see that externally, I'm mean girl material. But I also see that um, that girl in me that was bullied in elementary school, that didn't speak up for herself, that my parents didn't let me do certain things. Um, I was always, I always wrote a lot of sad things and ideas in my diary, which is... Actually, a great prequel to a mean girl story. <laughs> That's a great prequel to a mean girl story. Like her before she became a baddie. Um, I love the movie Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion because I totally felt like Romeo and Michelle. Like in the sense that they were not the cool kids, but they knew who the cool kids were. And they wanted to be admired as well. Um, I don't really connect to the admiring part. I always connect to like, wow, there was these clicker girls that were so beautiful and had the cars and the boyfriends and, you know, were the prom people. Like we knew who they were. And I was like, wow, that's not me. And they're in a sense better, right? At the time, my high school like person. But in the movie, they realized that Many, many people uh, have this 
this uh, idea of you that may seem uh, admirable, admirable, or that they felt like othered by you, or um, that maybe they wanted to have some kind of slice of like what you seem to look like you have. Like nobody knows like the real behind the scenes life, but that's how it is in high school, right? Wow, that was like really long and witty. <laughs> Honestly, I thought this was going to be a short story, but this is a long story long again. But uh, there's always something comparing. We're always comparing ourselves and you don't even know who's comparing uh, against you. So I guess in a sense, I could per- be perceived as a mean girl. I will give them that. So maybe there's some truth in their point of view, but I'm not going to fully own it because I know I'm not a mean girl, but you don't know, like, what is it? Hindsight is 2020. Like, you can see things clearly now as you step back. So my question to you is, were you a mean girl in school? How did they label cliques in your school? Like, I know you're the popular, the cheerleaders, I don't know, the geeks, the nerds, whatever. Like, I want to know, what was high school like for you? That's all I got for you this week. Thanks for listening. Please share this episode or podcast with a bestie, a sibling, a coworker, an auntie, an uncle, an an arch nemesis, a mean girl who might like it. Put it on your to-do list. And thank you so much. Follow my podcast on Spotify and rate it. It allows my podcast to be shared with more people and reach more listeners just like you. Oh, and one more thing. On Spotify, tell me what you think of this episode. I would love to hear from you. Have a great week. New year, same you. The evolving you is slowly blooming. You gonna be okay, girl. Take this winter time to reflect, move slowly, and enjoy the long, dark days. Peace.